Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. That's the way to get on the air, and then we can talk and answer questions, whatever the Lord has for us. And you can always text me. We fill in the blanks of the show with the text that come through. We have a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. That's for texting only, 720-336-0897. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, as we launch off into today's edition of Calvary Live. If you're just joining us for the very first time, this is a show that's recorded. Uh, It's broadcast live. It's also recorded and heard on many different stations around the country. Uh, We want to welcome everyone that's listening on Hope FM. Uh, Shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for the feedback I've been getting from Abounding Grace Radio on Hope FM. Uh, Just a lot of great emails, questions, feedback, so welcome aboard the Abounding Grace ministry team. Uh, So thank you guys. So I want to say a shout-out to everyone on Hope FM, and also a shout-out to everyone listening on Truth FM, Refuge FM, and many other stations around the country. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're not listening to this broadcast on Grace FM, which is the network here in Colorado, then you are hearing this broadcast one week delayed. What that means is, is that you will, we, it's live on Grace FM, uh, and with our live broadcast, then we air it on other stations on a one week delay, a one week delay. Um, which is kind of cool in many ways because you are able to hear the broadcast. Uh, If you call in, you'll be live right now and everyone listening on uh, Grace FM, but then you'll be able to tune in on your station one week later and hear yourself, which is kind of cool. So anytime you hear the show, just call. We're live, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number taking your calls and your questions. I see the phone lines are lighting up. Uh, if you're wanting to text, we have a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. I'm going to jump right on to this particular uh, text question. And then I'm going to give you guys an invite. It says, pray for marriages during this time. 
pray for marriages during this time. I'm going to do just that. If you are a marriage in crisis, I want you to email me, and I will respond to that email with an email I sent out to to our team here not too long ago on the record numbers of uh, marriages under great stress and a list of some key resources that will help you. Um, some key resources. You know, one thing that's being revealed in marriages right now is the sin of pornography. Uh, it's a pretty bad one, and it's pretty deep uh, in many people's lives, and it has, what it does is it separates and erodes a man and a woman in their marriage, and it falsifies intimacy and so much. It's such a betraying, uh, painful sin. Uh, so I want to pray for marriages. Thank you for texting it. And then email me at... Here's my email address, ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org, and I will forward you the email with resources on it that I sent to our team here in ramping up our readiness to serve marriages. So, Father, I do pray for marriages during this time of crisis. It is challenging and difficult and hard, and um, covid restrictions. Um, It is getting harder in relationship to finances, and I just pray, God, that you would strengthen marriages right now. We lift them up to you uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are a marriage in crisis or you are in need of resources for marriage, email me. I get a lot of emails, so just remind me to send you the marriage resources that you heard today, okay? 303-690-3000, and text lines are wide open, phone lines are wide open. Uh, Let's go to Amy in North Dakota. Amy, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're on the air? I have a prayer request for my fiancé. Okay, what's going on with your fiancé? He's got court coming up, so his stress level's a little high. Okay. And then he's got... um, a ripped rotator cuff in his shoulder that's really been causing him a lot of pain, and some glands that keep swelling up in his neck. Oh, no. Well, let's pray for him. Okay. Father, I do pray for Amy's fiancé and the challenges that he's facing right now. I pray, God, with everything just happening all at once, like converging upon him, uh, that as as he expresses this and faces a judge and, and stress level's high and he's got different health matters, um, that I pray for justice uh, and equity and righteousness to be happening at the judge's bench. And I pray for him personally that he would learn everything you have for him to learn uh, through this trial and through this difficulty. And I pray, God, for his health, as that it would not deteriorate, but rather you would touch his body and be with his, um, you know, I pray for his fiance, even calling now that in their separation, uh, God, you would keep them encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. I have one open line. It's yours for the taking, 303-690-3000. We're going to go to Colorado. Steve is on the line. Steve, welcome to the program. Hello? Hello, Steve. You're on the air. Oh, okay. Bear with me. I'm driving. 
I was just calling for a friend of mine to get prayer for her to uh, find a job and get settled. Um, she's just got, well, she's in a safe house right now, but just got out of jail for a year's time of uh, DUI. And she just needs to be uh, set free from voices and threats and anyhow. Well, Father, I do pray for this uh, young lady, God. You know the consideration of Steve for her, her being friends, wanting your best in her life. And I pray that, God, that you would give uh, the best to Steve's friend. Um, And just everything that she's facing, all the challenges that are upon her, God, I pray you'd put a supernatural protection around her in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you, brother. 303-690-3000. Got an open line. We're going to head over to Atlantic City, New Jersey. Renee, welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. How how you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Uh, Good. I have a question, and I also am in need of prayer. What it is, um, Pastor, back in uh, 1992, um, that was my senior year of high school, Two weeks after I graduated high school, um, I had been suffering with depression, and I made a severe suicide attempt. I um, shot myself in the head. That was on June 12, 1992. I regained consciousness June 14. As a result of the gunshot wound, um, the bullet severed my optic nerve, and I had extensive nerve damage. And the doctors had told my parents and I that, I would never see, smell, or taste again. But God, glory be to God, I got my smell and taste back already when um, I got it back two years later when I was 19. Yes. And I am still totally blind to this day. But um, I see, you know, I, I know God much more now. I've been much more into my spirituality and learning God. But my question is, when I attempted the suicide attempt that now god be the glory that i'm alive even though i am blind but was that of god or is it of the devil that i attempted the suicide attempt and the fact that i'm still blind or became blind yeah that's a really good question i think it's there's some a simple part to your question i I think that actually there's a couple of simple parts first of all god does not inspire suicide. So the source of suicide would either be um, you personally in your flesh, Mm -hmm. you know how you get uh, in your humanity, you were so sad and hopeless Mm -hmm. that that was the only way out. That's how I felt at that time, yes. And it could be inspired by the devil, but most likely it wasn't. Most likely you were in such a deep, deep, discouraged, depressed state that you really believe that was your only way out. Yes, I did. And, and as, a, as for the blindness, the blindness is a consequence of that sinful action. Correct. And mm-hmm. that's the, the source of it. And first of all, that's the simple answer. But first of all, I also would like to say that I'm grateful you're alive. Um, yeah. I'm grateful yeah. that it wasn't successful. I think that you have a testimony to share of God's faithfulness in your life. Amen. And I'm just so grateful it didn't happen, and I'm so grateful that you woke up, and and I'm so sorry that uh, you're unable to see now, but I know that that even in your physical blindness, 
you now have spiritual eyes, and you can s- probably see more spiritually than you ever did physically in your I entire really life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it's a blessing because, um, you know, physically I'm fine. You know, physically I'm fine. I don't have any health problems. It's just the fact that I can't see anymore. But, you know, I've been, uh, I've had training and stuff for the blind. I've yes. had two apartments already, Okay. you know, and I'm doing the best I can. And I, when people ask me about my sight, they always assume maybe diabetes or I'm born like this. I tell them just what happened yes. to me. And I tell them, regardless of their reaction to God be the glory, that that's I right. am alive. And that's why I'm telling you what happened to me. Yeah, and you know, when you share a, a dramatic testimony like yours, uh, you're going to get a lot of dramatic responses, yeah. and uh, they're not going to be so kind, and they're not going to be so helpful, but the good news is, is that you've experienced the helpful kindness, goodness of God, so that <laughs> even if people get you wrong or they say something dumb, I pray that God would protect you um, and keep you encouraged, because you are a walking miracle. <laughs> God bless, yes. Thank you so much, Pastor. Well, thanks for calling. Okay, thank right. you. Bye bye. 303 690 3000 is the number. 303 690 3000. You know, uh, suicide and the thoughts of suicide have increased during this pandemic, during the government overreach decisions, during one of the most divisive times ever, ever, ever. Not the most, give me, I want to be clear, one of the most divisive times in our country, and certainly one of the most divisive times in the history of our of church, where believers are going against believers, and it's, it's wild and out of control. Uh, and God is wanting to bring clarity and strength and help, and he wants you to know how valuable your life is. And suicide is in no way whatsoever the answer. Um, and if you're suicidal, call the suicide hotline. Call the pastor to your church. Call us. You can call the church right now, 303-628-7200. And there are pastors here right now, um, I think at least some of them. Um, we usually get time off from four. If they don't, if there's no pastors here at the church because they get a break before our service, uh, call me on the show. 303-690-3000, and we'll talk it out. Um, but ask for help. Uh, you are not in any way um, less of a person for asking for help. It doesn't make you a bad person. doesn't make you a bad Christian. <clears throat> um, it just makes you a normal Christian that's battling some real intense emotions. So we'd love to help you. Call your church. Call our church. Call the show if you need to. Call the suicide hotline. Uh, there is a national suicide hotline uh, that's anonymous. It is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255. Ask for help. Also, I write on this topic uh, on my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org, and I've got a couple articles that I've written on suicide, depression, quite a few on depression, discouragement, and they, I will certainly help you and encourage you. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to go back to the phone lines, and we're going to pick up over in Greeley. Luke is in Greeley. Welcome to the program, Luke. Hi. You're on the air. Hi. 
You were on the air, Luke. Oh. I just barely started my repentance now within literally days or maybe a week of wanting to know more and okay. interested in wanting to know my Savior. And I, I really needed him, me and my fiance, Angel Reference. We went through a lot of hard times. Yes. Of, we let a lot of the devil get into the cracks of our relationship, and it's just. It's been really, really rough, and he's been the only thing that I can talk to or anybody that I can, you know. I'll tell you one thing about Jesus. He's a great listener. He just don't talk too much, but I can feel him. <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, one, of the ways to, one of the ways to hear the voice of Jesus is when you're praying and talk to him, have a Bible open. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have my Bible with me Good. all the time. And Good. I carry it with me every day, and I'll just open it up. I, I, don't, I haven't read the whole thing from front to back, but I open it up and I help, you know, see if that case pertains to me. And it seems that, you know, within the past two weeks, three weeks or so, he's he talked to me through them words of his, you know, and I, I don't, I, you know, I've always had faith, but I've never known how to pray or, or really got to know who he was or anything like that. Right. Well, there's definitely not nothing like a challenging crisis that, to get our attention. And, uh, yeah. Definitely. So true. I just, I really like prayers for me and her because I, I want it to work out. You know, we've had a son together, and uh, she's a beautiful woman. She's, she's a good person. I did it. She's done wrong. I'm not blaming her for anything. I, I don't want to blame myself for all of it, but I, I'll share it. You know what I mean? And I, uh, I just want things to be better. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray for my brother in the difficulties that he's facing, and just in his, I'm, I'm grateful for his renewed uh, dedication to following you. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for the um, new commitment to repentance, not just in the act, but living out a life of repentance. And I pray that he would continue to make the right choices. Uh, doing the right things at the right time, uh, led by your Holy Spirit, because it is a powerful truth that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. And you empower us, and you lead us, and you help us. And for that, we're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, brother, God bless you, man. 303-690-3000. Heading over to Longmont. Crystal, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi. So um, my question today was that recently we have been in, um, you had talked about Rahab. Yes. And her hiding the two spies and um, and that she, well, she did lie to um, the people of her tribe about um, the that they left the land, but she actually hid them. She did. And so you made a comment and said, we're not going to get into that right now. Correct. And I want to get into that. I was so curious about that. Okay. What would you like to get into? What What are your thoughts? Um. Well, my thoughts were what your thoughts were. Like you said, like some people will um, just, I guess the naysay are, well, how is she so good if she lied in that case? Why is God, you know, okaying that even though she she believed of of God just by hearing about him, but yet she lied. I think I don't really know the exact point. I was just trying to 
see yeah. where you were going into what you were thinking when you made that comment on on the sermon. Yeah, so there was a couple of points that I wanted that that, that comment was uh, meant to... If I had more time, I probably would have developed it, but I, I'm pretty sure I developed it when I taught the when I taught to Joshua, but here's what happens. Uh, such a great, momentous time that's remembered for us. What, what's remembered, like we want to re- focus on, on how God remembers that episode, and this is how God remembers it, uh, for those of you that weren't with us this weekend. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. So what she's remembered for is her relationship with the spies, uh, her communication with the spies. Everything was what what the faith that was exercised and that God highlights in Hebrews eleven thirty one is her relationship with the spies. So right. then, what is what do critics do and people that like to argue? Pretty much all they do is argue. Is they'll take you back to Joshua and say, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" Uh, how can God bless Rahab for lying? And that kind of puts a believer on the defensive because, well, when do, or the question might be asked, why does, when, since when does God approve of lying? Or why did God bless Rahab for lying? Which isn't a hard question, isn't as hard of a question as it sounds, because if somebody asked that, I would, I would immediately have a follow-up question, and I would say, Where? Where does God approve of the lie, and where does God approve or um, you know encourage the lie? Where anywhere in the Bible does God do that? And the answer is nowhere. Right. Um, what's recorded for us is actually something that validates the Bible, and that is whenever God records somebody, He records the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you know, you think about it. Last time you were looking for a job, you put your resume. You started on your resume. You weren't writing the Bible. You were just writing your resume. And how many times did you write on your resume? I worked here for two years, but then I yelled at the boss and he fired me. And I worked here for one year and I hated this job. And I threw my binder across the room, hit somebody in the head. They threw me in. Like nobody does that. Nobody yeah. writes the worst of themselves, especially when you're looking for a job. Or you, you, we usually try to put our best foot forward. But when God writes of people, he writes of their faults, their failures, and their faith. And, mm. and so the, the development of that would have been, hey, look, Rahab lied. She's going to have to answer to God for that. However, she lied before the deliverance. Mm. And there's mm-hmm. some timing. There's, there, nobody really knows the day she became a daughter of the covenant was it at marriage? Uh, was it prior to marriage? How fast did she get married after Jericho fell? So the precise timing, but I would suggest that she did not become a daughter of the covenant until at least after the destruction of the city. Um, mm-hmm. Even though she is exercising faith, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean she's exercising saving faith here, although that's even possible. But the point I would have made is People love to argue about things that the Bible doesn't actually say and miss the whole point. When God remembers chapter 2 of Joshua, he doesn't remember and remark upon her lie, although I guess you could say in a way he does because he wrote it down in Joshua. But by the time we get to Hebrews, what she's remembered for was her taking in of the spies at great personal danger. Yeah. 
wow, that I even now I got off the point um, just <laughs> trying to get to yeah trying to yeah I even as someone listening to you got off the point and that puts me right back in so or just makes it known to me so thank you so much for that and uh, amen it's certainly good to know that um, we are remembered for our faith too and it, it is encouraging like you you yeah. think of oh I think that's the twenty first or twenty second time in the chapter that we've mentioned by faith and that's Every one of the people mentioned, well, most of them, some don't have any bad. We know they're all sinners, but um, most of them had some really bad things in their lives recorded for us. But when God, when the final word is said, God remembers us, uh, especially for you and me, as, mm. as a man and a woman of the new covenant, he remembers our life, not through the lens of our past, but through the lens of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, Ed. Thank you so much for that. And uh, Great question. And, uh, we'll Thank see you on Saturday. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Great follow-up. And I, I'd encourage you, those of you that uh, listen to Bible study after Bible study after Bible study, when a question like that comes up, ask it. Ask it of your pastor. Uh, ask it of me or ask it of one of the pastors on the staff here or like like this. Take There's a phone call to Calvary Live. Uh, the best way to do that with me is via email, uh, and I'll do my best to answer on my email. If I can't, then I'll ask someone to answer it on my behalf. Um, but it's good to dialogue with the text and what you heard so that you can even gain not only a greater understanding, but also a greater faith. Um, I had somebody recently hear something on this program and email me and say, and misunderstand me. And in their email, they're kind of a little upset and uh, because they misunderstood me. Even though they were very gracious in how they asked the question, they were a little disturbed by what they thought they heard. And it was through that dialogue that the Holy Spirit cleared it all up. So very encouraging. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, um, where Grace FM originates, where Calvary Live originates, even though you're hearing this on another station perhaps around the country. Um, those of you here on Grace FM, you are hearing it locally. This is a locally produced show that goes out uh, and gets to minister. To, I mean, really, with technology, everybody's local. So encouraging. And all the feedback that we get from Calvary Live is very, very strengthening. Uh, grateful that you would take the time to reach out to us. Uh, go to our website, gracefm.com. You can send an email through there. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also donate. And I always say, uh, it's we, we want you to donate to Grace FM. I mean, that, there's just no other way around it. We have very strong, high, hard costs to keep the radio on the air. Uh, and you partnering with us, help defer those costs. I mean, serious high costs. We got to pay rent. We got to pay staff. We got to pay the electric bill. You know, the electric bill's astronomical. The internet bill is astronomical. The, the lights, the equipment, the upgrades. It's just, you know, we're, we're a church, but we're a church that wants to 
keep Grace FM on the air, and invite you to partner with us. That's what I'm doing. And of course, if you're listening to this on another station, Hope FM, Truth FM, Refuge FM, any of the FMs you're on, please support local Christian radio. Please support the station you hear this on. We're not soliciting support from around the country for the station here, uh, just locally. Um, I mean, you can give as under the Lord, but I would encourage you give to your local Christian station. Keep Bible study. Uh, I mean, go ahead. I challenge you. Flip through the dial, and how many stations are dedicated to Bible teaching and worship music 24 hours a day, seven days a week? That's something you want to get behind. Believe me. Uh, you, you know, well, would I support this other station that just plays music? Music doesn't change lives like the gospel. Uh, music is great. I love Christian music, but I love the Word of God more. So you hear the music. Support Grace FM, gracefm.com, or the local station you're listening to. We will be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and I'll light up the text line if you'd like. Uh, we've got open phone lines, and the text line's always open, 720-336-0897, and uh, just taking your calls and questions like we do every day this at this hour. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. We're going to go back to Aurora, Colorado. Linda, welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. Hey. Um, so I guess my question is, um, you know, with COVID happening... Um, a lot of us are, you know, in isolation, mm. um, myself, I, I haven't really had any human, um, adult human contact other than my two kids and, um, you know, just trying to stay safe. Um, but I have noticed that I am alone with my thoughts mm. and it's just kind of bringing up a lot of like the past trauma, um, past hurt. Um, and, you know, I can't help that, you know, it brings up anger for me. Yes. Um, it's stuff that I've been working on, um, uh, I would say the last couple years, uh, especially cause I, um, recently had a divorce, um, about a couple years ago and, um, it'll be two years in November. And, um, I, I just feel like it's hard for me to let go of some of that anger. It's hard for me to let go of some of that hurt. And I really don't know how to get past it. Um, I'm praying, I'm, you know, I'm talking to people. I'm, I'm, you know, it's just really hard for me. And so I was just wondering if you're able to kind of maybe talk to me about that, you know, what do you suggest? What are you thinking? Like, I don't know. So no. that's my question for you. 
Well, there's a, a few things that I can think of, and then I'll give you an opportunity to to give me a follow up. But the, you know, the the need for you, one of the greatest solutions to anger. Well, first of all, let's back up a minute. Not all anger is sinful. Uh, anger is a neutral emotion. Uh, what making what makes anger sinful is the motivation and the outcome. And so, it is possible to be anger angry in a righteous way to be angry over some injustice. For example, when you're watching the news uh, or you see Netflix, you know, that's the latest thing, right? Netflix puts on this 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 show that has these uh, little girls dancing uh, and I haven't seen it myself, but I've read about it and it's, it's, it's horrible. Um, to, yeah. be, to be angry uh, over that isn't necessarily sinful. Um, you know, I think that you could probably punch a hole in the wall or something and it becomes sinful. But to see girl, little girls, you know, my daughter was young once to be exploited like that, where Sunday school is filled with little girls. Like, that's horrible to to have a, an anger that is righteous. I, I can say that most believers are unable to have a righteous anger because uh, they so quickly go over the line. Um, but, you know, remember... Um, uh, I think it was Paul writing to the Ephesians said, uh, be angry, but do not sin. And just so as you're praying through things and you're processing things, you may even look back to a past hurt that makes you angry, and you may not be sinning. You may be emotionally responding to a past memory, which is kind of a bummer in more than one way. First of all, that you were hurt in that, you know, so long ago, and that something so long ago can bring back so much pain today. Um, but being angry about something uh, doesn't necessarily be, uh, isn't necessarily sin. However, I would say most of our anger leads to sin in some way. Um, when we're pridefully arrogant and angry, when we are selfish and angry, when we are trying to control situations by yelling and screaming, you know, anger is a, generally sinful anger is a selfish emotion. It is our response to something that's happened to us. So when we are angry and, and sinfully angry, our focus is us and no one else. And secondly, anger is often a controlling emotion. Parents are guilty of this all the time. Uh, they raise their voice, they yell at their children, they demand some kind of behavior, and then their child listens. And the message that's being sent is, if I yell and I show anger, I can get my kid to do what I want them to do. Um, however, most of the time, the kids are just complying because they're scared, and they don't yeah. want to deal with the anger. And I would say the number one antidote to anger and bitterness. Well, if I had to give you give it to you, I'm going to let you guess first. What do you think is the number one biblical number one antidote? The first number one on the list to deal a, a, at least a death blow, you know, to to help minimize anger in a person's life. Pray. I would say that's a good tool, but I think the antidote is forgiveness. Which I'm trying to figure out what that would look like or what that would be. 
okay. especially for like my ex-husband. That, that's a good um, question. And that anger turns into me wanting to like have some type of revenge oh, or yeah. me hold on to anger towards him and, you know, not be happy for him. Yes. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to hold on to that bitterness. Yeah, because when you do that, you know as well as I do that it just hurts us. The other person could care less. Um, they go on and live their life. They continue in doing whatever they were doing. They're unrepentant. And while we're holding on to all these emotions and things, um, we're getting all jacked up. And they're living life like nothing ever happened. And forgiveness uh, is, is something that you do in the moment. It's an act. It's a choice. And the choice is kind of like, I, I like to describe it this way. Um, are you able to um, free your hands while you're on the phone? Yeah. Okay, so I want to take your, I want you to clap one time. Just clap really loud one time. That, that's what forgiveness is. It's just like a clap. It's just, okay. I choose to release this person from the debt that they owe me. And I do okay. it. I make this choice. Uh, not because the person made any changes, is sorry about it, or anything. I make this choice because of God's great forgiveness for me. And I choose to okay. release him from the debt that he owes me. Um, now, living out forgiveness may require you to clap all day long. Your hand might become raw as a memory comes up and you go, no, I forgave him. Uh, as a hurt pain, you know, pain and you're here you are in the middle, you hear a song, and you're like, oh man, it brought back a memory. Here you are crying on a bus bench in the middle of Denver, and you know you could get up from that bus bench and be all mad and punch things and scream and kick and, uh, or become depressed, or you, or you can clap and say, no, I forgive him. I'm not going to hold okay. this against him. I can't change the past, um, but I can change today. I can respond today, and I, I wish... You know, because all of us listening today have an issue with forgiveness one way or another. Um, either we've triumphantly walked in forgiveness or we're in, we're in the middle of, of obeying that or, re, you know, resisting that or we've obeyed it. But it doesn't remove the pain. Uh, we think it does yeah. or we might. There's a few things about forgiveness that, that are misconceptions. Number one, people withhold forgiveness because they think, well, if I forgive then I'm just letting them get away with everything. No, not at all. Nobody gets away with anything, ever. You, me, your ex-husband, nobody. Nobody gets away with anything. What a person sows, he will reap. So your forgiveness okay. isn't approving what he did to you. Your forgiveness, it's the technical word for forgive, is to release a person from the debt that they owe you. And what the idea behind that is, there would be no need for forgiveness if you didn't get hurt so bad, right? Big pain right. requires big forgiveness. Right. And you wouldn't be approving of it, uh, number one. Number two, some people think forgiveness means that uh, we just forget it all and never have to deal with it again. Well, that's impossible. You will right. never forget the pain you experienced. Maybe some of it, but you'll never forget. Your mind doesn't work that way. Your mind is an amazing computer that has an amazing memory. So when we, you know, because the, uh, the, the world likes to say, well, just forgive and forget. 
well, I understand what's trying to be said, but it's often misunderstood. Like, well, if I forgive, I'll, I'll never remember it again. No, you'll probably remember it every day or when a memory comes up or a song comes up or a, you, know, you drive by the house or you see the kids. How can you not remember your previous marriage when you look your kids in the eye or you drop them off now that you have half custody? Like, of course you're going to remember. But forgiveness says is I'm not going to live in that memory. Yeah. I'm going to choose not to dwell on that memory. I'm going to cast my care upon the Lord. I'm going to take every thought into captivity under the obedience of Christ. I'm going to pray with my tool of prayer. I'm going to pray through this, and I'm not going to let it bind me. I'm not going to let it choke me. And a third misconception with forgiveness is that we think forgiveness means reconciliation so that when we forgive, we just think it's going to get better. No, right. so actually, sometimes when you forgive, it gets worse because people become emboldened in their sin. I've watched this with my own eyes in my own life. People get emboldened as if they think they won something and they're trying to make a point. And so you extend forgiveness. I remember like it was yesterday to the person sitting across, the people sitting across the table from me and forgiveness was extended and the response was worse than when we first walked in the room and yeah. and you're like okay um, that is another added challenge in this broken relationship that I either can dwell on I can either just live it out every day or I can keep every time it comes up I can cast it to the Lord because listen re- reconciliation will never come without repentance if they don't stop the sin, you can't have a relationship with them. Right. That doesn't mean, you know, like your ex-husband, let's just say he's just still worse than he was when you guys got married and the reason for the divorce. You're going to have some kind of relationship with him because you have kids. Do you have kids? Yeah. So you're going to, it's not like you're going to completely not have him in your life, of course, but, but a real meaningful friendship relationship doesn't come without repentance. And if the right. person doesn't change or admit, then it's going to limit uh, the relationship growth because they're just not living in reality. In order for us to, in order for anyone to have a relationship, we both have to live in the same reality. That makes sense. And most people that are in that have difficulties with others, they just live in two. You just kind of feel like you're like you. You're not even, and you may even say this. You're like you're not even living in reality, man. Like you are on outer space. <laughs> and and it's frustrating because you know there there that's what stirs up these emotions of well if he only felt like i feel then maybe he would change and that's the those are feelings of revenge vengeance to things god said specifically vengeance is mine saith the lord um so i say all that to say this there's some great resources that i have available if you want them just email me and ask me for the forgiveness resources uh, okay. I send these out like so many every week uh, because this is such a big topic. And yeah. we've, we've got Bible studies on this, how to he- be healed from your past. We've got a PDF that's free. You know, some of these things are absolutely free. All you have to do is open them or print them. And okay. this little pamphlet on forgiveness that we've given, I'm sure we've given thousands of these out has brought so much life. And I, I actually traveled 
when I was going around the country last year teaching at various churches, I, I taught a message on forgiveness, and then at, I came back to our church and I taught a message on anger, and those two really, really go together. Right. They do. And I think what I've noticed is that, you know, when I do fall into that anger um, phase, stage, whatever you want to call it, like, I do feel like it kind of doubts, doubts my, my faith sometimes. And yeah. I don't want that either. So. Yeah, it is, it, is, um, it is a trap for all of us because when we were born again, we began to value justice. I know for me, I was such a bad person before I got saved that after I was born again, things really turned around in my life. And I began to see the world differently. And one of the values that God gave me was not just justice for myself, but justice for others. And it, for those that have a high view of justice, it also comes with a high view of self-justice, <laughs> which can be very yeah. sinful. And because right. the first step in following Jesus is to deny ourselves. And as a matter of fact, I've got a document that a pastor friend of mine wrote uh, that I often give to married couples. And the top, the, the, it's just a couple paragraphs, and it says, the title of it is, Someone's Gotta Die. And mm -hmm. that's not to be interpreted that we're going to take out our spouse, but rather it's like, if two people keep digging their heels in, fighting, 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 and neither one of them dies to themselves, then of course it's not going to, of course it's not going to, um, there's no solution because nobody's willing to give in. Right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think that would work. Um, I think I heard um, some, some time ago that um, you know when you have forgiven a person because it no longer brings up that pain. And so obviously there's still a lot of pain there. And so there's a lot of work for me to do on it. And I wouldn't necessarily agree with that statement because, you know, pain, there's different kinds of pain, right? Because there's a gaping wound type of pain where it's just an open sore. You could call okay. that open sores like bitterness where it's just nasty and it's growing. You know, you just just think of your forearm there. It's just a big slash down your forearm, and it's just all disease. You're going to lose your arm if you don't deal with it. Um, but, right. But there's also the pain of surgery. Then there's the right. pain of healing. And then there's even pain of scars where a scar has scar tissue. It's changed the mechanism. You know, a scar forever has changed your uh, body. Um, the wound has forever had its damage, but there's different levels of pain. And so I would say, I, I would say that there's that, that whoever said that is definitely on the right track, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. be, I wouldn't necessarily conclude. And this is very important. I wouldn't necessarily conclude that while well, I still have pain, so I haven't fully forgiven. Well, forgiveness is remember, it's just, I'm just obeying right now. And then by faith, I'm trusting God that, I, I did what he told me to do, so I'm trusting God to do what he said he was going to do. And he said he's going to heal me, help me, deliver me. He said if I sow seeds of, uh, to the Spirit, I'm going to reap everlasting life. Like, but I, I, a divorce, 
is like this is why uh, this is why I'll never counsel divorce and why I will always emphasize doing whatever it takes to save a marriage because divorce is like um is like a piece of plywood and you try to yeah. separate the plywood it'll never be a clean break uh, it'll always have splinters and it may maybe down the road and God heals and you're in another marriage and God's doing a new work uh, and and we rejoice in that and we're happy about that but then out of the blue this little splinter comes up <laughs> and and then you think well my, my goodness I it's been 20 years my kids are grown I've been to their marriages and and like I maybe I've never really forgiven no you you said you forgave you expressed it to him you know the best way to do that is to look him in the eye and tell him that you forgive him that will be one of the most emotional times of your life Mo- one of the most vulnerable times in your life obviously if there was any um any danger to you or anything like that you wouldn't want to be alone but you know walk in wisdom um how to do yeah. this but you 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 look him in the eye and you say you know i my my our, I'm, I'm sorry our, our marriage didn't work out I, I wish it would have um i i'm i know that with any marriage it takes two to make it work and and i apologize for my failures and i just want you to know i forgive you for yours okay that's a i don't know when that will happen but it will be a very powerful powerful thing maybe in your relationship right now you can only do that on the phone that's fine don't be don't don't lay any trips or burdens on yourself that you have to do this in order to forgive i just know the free it's freeing when you articulate it out loud when you look them in the eye when, and in our home you know we taught the kids and i know marie and i when we say i'm sorry that that really isn't the depth of what god's looking for what god's looking for uh, is will you forgive me for and then you extend your fail you know because i'm sure you've heard um i'm sure you've heard uh, i've heard my fair share of these oh i'm sorry kind of if uh, what whatever your problem is and you know i really never meant it and and it's all your fault it was i didn't really mean it that way i'm sorry right well, yeah whatever that just shows me you really didn't care to begin with and that you don't get it but when you look at right. someone in the eye and you say I'm asking you to forgive me for my failure. I, I, I failed you in my marriage. And here you are mad at him for his failures, but God is reminding you of your own failures. It not only frees you from the bondage of bitterness to him, but it begins the healing process of your own sinful failures. Yeah. Forgiveness is sense. powerful. It's powerful. And, and we know that we know that bitterness is just a pit and it you know that I, I encourage you read the last part of genesis the last chapters of genesis and just look at joseph's life he lived out he went from pain to pain to pain that all started with his own brothers selling him their brothers were wicked men who sold <laughs> him as a slave first they plotted his murder then they sold him as a slave that set the tone of his life uh, to be filled with 13, 14 years of absolute wicked tragedy and pain and sorrow and isolation and false accusation and on and on. Joseph, his life is unbelievably painful. And 
when his brothers, God arranges the whole thing to bring his brothers back to him when now he's been elevated to a place of high regard in Egypt, second in command. And Joseph can get back. He can, he can, you want to talk about somebody taking things into his own hands. Joseph could have legally, according to the laws of Egypt, destroyed his, his brothers were so wicked that they lied to their dad and said that that his son was dead. Mm. He wasn't. They just, they were so far from familial love, let alone the love of God. But when they come to Joseph and they meet him face to face, Joseph says, hey, I'm not going to hurt you guys. What you meant for evil, God has meant for good. And that's really the key. What is God doing in all our pain? And it, yeah. do, it doesn't take it away. Like, you know, because uh, after the death of our son, people were thinking, well, you know, God wanted, must have wanted him in heaven, and God's going to use this greatly. You know what? I'd rather be used a different way. So the, the, yeah. that, it's not like those thoughts are going to help, but... The reality is, is one day you'll look back and you'll see even the sin of divorce and even the pain of divorce can be used in a powerful way because nothing's wasted by God. And what was meant for evil, God is going to turn around for good. It's just the way he is. And just right now, I'll tell you right now, right now, as we're talking, Linda's testimony has led to a 30-minute conversation that has blessed literally thousands of people. So already... God is using your divorce to help other people that are in the same exact place. Thank you. So, Father, I pray for Linda and the anger and the difficulty and the challenges that she's facing, um, and all of us, Lord, that just wrestle with forgiveness. We're like, we clapped last week, and then we're like, oh, I'm calling you to do it. Remember, I remember what Peter said, how many times do we need to forgive? <laughs> how many times? And Jesus, you said it's not even how many times. It's not e- that's the wrong question to ask. Seventy times seven. It's not. It's more than numbers. It's a heart issue, and so I just pray for our hearts, Lord, that you would heal and mend and help and strengthen. And I pray for Linda in particular, God. You you've got her right on the edge of breakthrough, and so I pray that uh, God, you would enable her to go over the finish line and even take these thoughts of vengeance away. Um, maybe if she's got a hundred of them a day, Lord, make them fifty. And if she's got fifty, make it twenty-five. And if she's got one, then just let it be one every other day or every other week, or until no longer is she living with the lens of her ex at the forefront of her life, but rather she's living with the lens of the crucified Christ, who endured the worst wrong in order for our lives to be made right. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you. Amen. So email me, Linda. I'll send you this. Anyone else listening, send me an email at ed at edtaylor.org, and I'll I'll turn it around and send you a bunch of links and things that will really help you. Will do. Thank you, Ed. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was the will of God for the show today. Um, that's just how God works. This is, in, with uh, I cannot underemphasize this or overemphasize, whatever way you want to look at it. Uh, the crisis of COVID and all of the pressures that we've been going through has put us on the edge. Now, we may be on different edges, but the fact that you're feeling heightened challenges, the fact that you're feeling greater temptation, the fact that in your quietness of your mind and 
you're being attacked, that you're angry more, you're tired more, you're sad more. Um, it's normal. And you just got to be ready for it and do what Linda did, ask for help. It doesn't have to be this radio broadcast, but it could be. It could be your pastor. It could be a good, trusted, godly brother or sister in the Lord. Guys, go to brothers. Girls, go to sisters. Um, but but ask for help. There's, there's a lot of resources. Email me on the topic of bitterness, anger, and forgiveness. They all go together. I did two Bible studies. If I, when, I, when I start traveling again, I think I'm going to be taking that anger Bible study. Uh, will be the next study um, that it just God gives me a theme uh, when I'm visiting different churches, and um, that's going to be one of the studies. Anger, bitterness, and forgiveness. I, I did some studies, so I'll send you a link to those studies on our apps, website. I'll send you the packet on forgiveness. I'm working on a new thing on bitterness right now. I don't know if it's just going to be a, bo- a blog post or I'm going to write a pamphlet on it. I'm not sure, but I'm working on uh, bitterness, um, just a biblical response to bitterness. So email me, ed at edtaylor.org. Just remind me to, um, you want the forgiveness info? Uh, and I'll answer a few of them. I have a meeting in a moment, but I'll answer a few of them. I see some of them coming in right now. And and then um, we'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. Um, same dial, same time. The Holy Spirit would use us to minister. We're in First Peter in our Bible study tonight. We're meeting in person, praying together, communion together, worship together, Bible study together. Got to be together. That's the other thing, Linda. Uh, get back to church. Come here. You're in Aurora, so we're open. Get back. Come on back. Yes, we have mass. We have some reasonable distancing, but we want you back. Calvaryco.church. God bless. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.